episodes to come, but I just wanted to say a few things before it starts. Um, we recorded the episode before Winston's Lab released their changes to the scoring format that people have the option to choose. It's something you get to choose for your league. I'd recommend looking over it if you're the commissioner, talking to your league, and maybe doing a vote. Um, but we didn't go over that, but I'm going to write an article and get that posted for you all to kind of an- analyze it a little bit. And then also we talked a lot about how some tanks have the actual tank designation. Some are flex. It's important to grab the one that has the tank. That's no longer an issue. So kind of disregard that information a little bit. Uh, now back to your regular scheduled episode. Have a great week. Hello and welcome to Fantasy Watch, the podcast where you can get all the information you need about fantasy in the realm of Overwatch. How are you doing today, Invictus? I'm doing good. How's your week been? It's been real good, man. A lot of great games to watch. Some of them I didn't think were going to be, uh, you know, as close as they were. Definitely a good week in Overwatch. Yeah, dude. Actually, yesterday was an insanely good day with, you know, multiple games that went to five maps. So, I mean, that in itself is pretty exciting. And even the New York Excelsior game where they kind of dominated, I still thought the Gladiators showed a lot of good uh, tenacity and um, they showed some good looks and a couple good pushes. So, I think there definitely is still some some work there. I just think that there's a possibility that, New York is the best team in the league right now. It's a definite possibility, and it wouldn't be the first time that I've said it. Um, I think uh, probably that uh, last game of the night, Boston Uprising, San Francisco Shock was a good one, taking it all the way to five. Yeah, that was a good map. Um, I think both of those teams right now are kind of right in the middle. Um, I would say that probably, I'm confident, I mean, obviously Boston also beat Mayhem. and so it's possible that Boston, like Mayhem, is second to last in the league. China, unfortunately, definitely taking out that bottom spot. Although I do think I saw we saw some promise against Mayhem, and you can say, all right, well, it's Mayhem. Like, what you know, what, what does that mean? And it says, well, you know, maybe they're just making work and they're making progress. Because I actually thought that maybe their teamwork and coordination started to look better. Um, and so I think that we might get to a place soon enough where maybe some of the uh, players from Shanghai are valid fantasy options if they're going to start putting up a struggle against some of the other teams. I think it's just a matter of time as they get used to playing some of these higher caliber teams that they're going to, you know, uh, pick up their skill. Absolutely. I mean, most of the, the Chinese players have never played against the Korean talent or the Western talent outside of maybe one tournament. Um, and even then, it was just, if, I believe, two or three Korean teams in Nexus and one NA team. So there definitely is a pot, like a lot of room for improvement. I think that there's a lot of stuff that they came into the league um, probably the farthest behind. So I definitely think they have a ton of room to improve. And I think that if you are continuously playing against that competition you're going to, it just kind of sucks for them. That's all. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but let, uh, so this week though, uh, the rest of the episode, we got some, some great things for you. We're going to talk about our, uh, our week two roundup, uh, the things that we, we experienced some of what happened for us in the, in the league, as far as points and stuff like that, and how we did in our leagues that we're playing in, as well as go over the, uh, experts league draft that we did with, um, some of the other, uh, podcasters and fantasy experts that are doing this. Um, we're going to go over some players that we think you should look out for and maybe try to pick up and or make trades for. Um, 
We're going to go over some possible rule set changes that is currently being voted on on the Winston's Lab website. Um, we're going to talk about exactly what happened in our week because uh, we played off together, um, which uh, we'll find out what happened later. And then we're going to go over, like always, the weekly preview, and we're going to toss out some names for you. As for the players from each team, we're going to give you one name, maybe two, of who you should watch out for on that roster. Um, but Abner, was there anything you'd like to say before we get started? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm real pumped to start talking about some of these matchups that we had. Yeah, dude, this week's actually going to be super fire. There's like some matchups like I think we obviously, you know, as time goes on, it's like five week stage. You're they're going to play everybody pretty much. It's like, well, yes, but I think that this week we've got some really good matchups. I think by the end of this week and then, you know, week four, we're going to have a little bit fuller picture. Like we said, of who's in the middle of the pack, who's definitely at the top, who's working on things and stuff like that. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, first though, we're going to go over who we think you should be looking out for right now. Um, so in your fantasy league, you may have players that aren't paying as much attention that you may have players who aren't listening to us. Speaking of listening to us before we start, I actually want to say thank you to everybody who's here listening. Cause you know, we've experienced a ton of growth in the last week. Um, and a lot of people, um, Winston's lab included, they threw us up on their website. We've been seeing a ton more action in our discord and a lot more action on Twitter. So I just want to appreciate all of you. Um, we've gotten some great reviews and stuff. So if you've left one, I really appreciate it. We hope that, um, you know, everything we're doing is going to help you out because we want you to win your leagues. Um, and if you're playing in a league and somebody else is listening to us, then I want you both to win. But I know that can't happen. Um, but let's get back to the show. Pick up and pickups and drops. I've got five players for you. Um, and Abner's got five. We'll alternate one player each as to who we think you should be looking out for. Um, I'm not sure how he formatted his or who he picked up. But for me personally, my names are ones that may not be rostered. Or they may be rostered and they might have an unhappy owner who might be willing to trade them for cheap. Um, and the first one I'm going to go over is Unko. Now, Unko's a huge name um, when it comes to Zenyatta's, and he's definitely well respected. People know that he's one of the best. However, this week he didn't do that great. Um, in fact, he netted me negative points in one of my leagues. But I'm not at all worried um, because of the schedule. So this week, Unko had a little bit of a rough go. First game, you play NYXL. What, what did we just say? We said they might be the best team in the league. Next week, next game they play, London Spitfire. And they look great against Spitfire, but they still lost 3-2. to two. Um, And, you know, Unko still did well for his support. And I think that that's somebody, if, if some maybe there's an unhappy owner who lost their matchup this week or they want to find some other support, you might be able to say maybe you have another support that is doing okay but they're not coming in every map or maybe they did well this week but they're only playing against easy teams or something like that so you might want to say hey look maybe i can sleep under the rug and get this unko pickup who's probably going to be a lot more valuable throughout the entire season So, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, picking up Unco, he's definitely going to be a, uh, a good one to pick up. And definitely, if people are only looking at, like, last week's stats, which, uh, you know, I think a lot of people might be, um, you might be able to get him for a steal. You know, he's got negative points. Maybe you can make a trade that will uh, benefit you better in the long run. Because I do think that, uh, you know, Unco is going to be um, one of the better supports. Now, for me, the one that I was looking at um, is going to be Badosin. 
with him, I think that, uh, you know, he's definitely uh, one of the bigger players that's been, uh, you know, racking up points when it comes to supports. And as of right now, that's going to be one of those uh, spots that you're not really going to see a whole lot of points on your roster. Now, that could change with the, uh, you know, the rule set changes potentially at Winston's lab. But, uh, you know, at some point, uh, you might be able to trade out uh, like an off tank or something like that for Bedosin and pick up those extra points for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, you'd have to trade somebody pretty big, but if you could find somebody or if you have a maybe a top or mid-end uh, DPS player or something that w- and somebody is willing to do it, I would definitely throw those trades out there because if you could snag him, I mean, there's a possibility But by the end of the season he's still one of the best. Um, and he So he also played a little bit of Ana, which I think is still going to be solid. So if the meta changes, this is something that could be huge when it comes to support play, is just the meta changing. Right now you have a ton of them uh, support players who are being you know, basically forced to play Mercy. And some of them are great Mercy, some of them, eh, but Mercy just isn't a point score. So if one of those Mercy players goes to Zen or one of them goes to Anna and they kind of rotate around, I think that those supports are going to be the ones you want. You want the Zen Anna players because either way, I think they're going to be able to pick up kills. Uh, Anna's both, you can get kills just off shooting, but you can get kills off of your nades um, and stuff like that. So I think that's, you have a much higher possibility of getting a kill with Anna than you do some of the other supports. But obviously, a Zen main is going to probably be your best bet. Uh, the next person, though, that I got on my list is actually going to be Pine, who's a huge name. Um, obviously, uh, people chant for him. They they cry for him to be a starter Um uh, I think it was one of their support players said, well, why would we play him every game? He's like our joker. He's like a wild card. Um, it's true. Pine's talent is insane. The dude aims so well, but he doesn't have a ton of points. Um, he comes in under Neko, the the Zen player for Boston, under iRemix, Seagull, Jayhong, uh, Dia, Nomi. He's got 141 points over two weeks, four games. But you know what? Yesterday, he played more maps. For the first time, he was a starter, and he played more maps. So I think that find somebody that you want to pick up and put on your bench because as the, the season develops, we're going to see what maps Pine is playing, and then you're going to be able to put him in and say, hey, man, I, I, get a, I got a good feeling. Like They got one King of the Hill map, or uh, a King of the Hill map, and then they've got you know Dorado, and he always plays Dorado like he did yesterday. I'm not saying he always will, but hypothetically here, he plays Dorado, and then he plays King's Row. Uh, so what if those are the three maps that they're playing one day, or three of the four, and you're like, well, he has a really good chance to play that this week. Let me go ahead and toss him in because I think I can get some good points. So I do think that Pine is somebody you want on your roster, despite him being kind of in the middle of the pack for DPS, because as I think as we go along, and possibly even as NYXL gets more challenged, they might bring him in to shake things up or surprise people with different looks. For sure. I mean, I, I want to see this guy play um, you know, a whole lot more. And when you look at the stats, I mean, uh, for two weeks straight, He's had the most uh, points per 10 minute. So you know the time that he spends in game, he's going to be racking you up a ton of points. So maybe even if it's not uh, you know, him starting and playing four games all the way through, you know he's still going to give you a solid amount of points. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, for me, as far as uh, you know, someone else to pick up, there we go. I'm sorry. Um, so as far as players that I think we should pick up, um, I'm looking at uh, Wikid. With him, uh, he's got fourth highest points per 10 minutes 
on the uh, you know for the league right now. He's just not getting as much play time. Now I'm thinking that maybe as Seoul gets a little bit later in the season, they're going to want to play some of the people they have on their bench, get them a little bit of experience. You know, once they have things locked up, like uh, you know the uh, the stage finals stuff like that. And I think that at that point you can probably go ahead and uh, count on some extra points coming through on your rosters. With that being said, I think you might even be able to convince some people in your leagues to uh, you know make a uh, a trade for him with maybe like a uh, a lesser skilled DPS just because he's not getting the play right now. But I do think that later in the uh, the season he's going to see a little bit more play and then also be able to give you a lot more points on your roster. Yeah, Wakit's a solid pickup too, and and a, and a good call out because I think that. Uh, people will look at his points total and his play time and not be that interested. But I think that he's a lot like Pine, where if you realize what maps they're going to play him on, because um, he definitely is one of their more projectile players. He's the one coming in and playing the Junkrat. He's playing the Ferris, stuff like that. Although other people play the Ferris as well. But primarily, he's been the one to come in and play Junk, um, which gives an opportunity for a ton of kills and a ton of first kills because he's just throwing random nades all over the damn place. So, Wakid's definitely somebody I'd keep an eye out for because, again, like Pine, if you pay attention to what maps they're playing, you might be able to figure out kind of when he's going to play. And it might be something where you're like, all right, there's a good chance he plays six maps to, uh, this week or he plays five maps. I think he's going to outscore some of these other people. So definitely a good shout. The next person I got on my list, though, is going to be Zephyr. Um, and Zephyr, he didn't even have great point total. But the, the reason I want to call him out is because a couple of the other players on Soul in a couple different interviews and on their streams and stuff have said that, you know, or asked them questions why other players Zumba and stuff isn't playing, why they play Zephyr and stuff. And it's because they want to get them on that stage and they want to get them worked through. But Jay Hong, I believe it was even said like they're, they're good. They're the best. They're the future or something along those lines. Um, And so I think that there's a good chance that Zephyr might be somebody who's going to be starting on their roster and you can probably pick him up off the waivers or maybe even uh, pick him up from somebody else for something real cheap. Stash him on your bench for a couple weeks and see what happens. Hopefully he ends up being the starter. And if he does, you know, I feel like his, you know, his hero pool for the tanks that he plays and such, I think he can do really well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, he's a player I like to watch, and I wish he would get some more play. So maybe that'll be something that it'll adjust down the line. Yeah, absolutely. As far as, uh, you know, my next pick, it's going to be for a lot of the same reasons that I was picking Wakid. That's going to be Bunny. I just know that, uh, you know, a guy like him, he's probably not going to get a whole lot of play right now when you have someone like Fleta on your roster. Uh, but, uh, you know, once again, I think later on in the uh, in the season – some of these other, you know, stellar DPS that they have are going to get some more time out there playing. Um, if you look at it, I mean, he uh, he's just under 20 points per uh, 10 minutes. So he definitely has the ability to uh, to get a lot of kills. He just isn't playing right now. So, uh, I mean, definitely another one of those people that you can probably trade out, convince, uh, you know, the other, the other team owner that, uh, you know, Bunny's just not getting any play right now. He's kind of just taking up a spot on your roster. Let's make a swap. And then I think it'll pay dividends towards the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a possibility. I have Bunny in a couple of leagues because, you know, I was really impressed with him in the preseason. I've watched him on stream some and I've seen him in other places. And I know he's a super talented player, an amazing player, actually. So, you know, I'm not sure what his playtime is going to end up looking like because they have some other players that have similar hero pools and things. But, I mean, it's also possible that he ends up getting traded or something. I The leagues I have him in, I'm, 
I've tried to trade him off. Uh, not very many people are interested, so it probably wouldn't be that hard to get him. Um, so definitely something I'd keep in mind. Uh, the next player I got for you guys today, though, is going to be Chips. Uh, Chips Hyen coming off of the Dallas uh, roster. And the reason I, I bring him up is because he's been playing Mercy. And Mercy, like we said before, the meta is going to change as soon as those nerfs come through, as long as they come through as planned, which it looks like they are, or at least something similar. Um because I don't think anybody wants to watch a Mercy meta professional game anymore. I think everybody's kind of sick of it. So Chips on Anna, though, is another story. And he also plays Zen extremely well. Um, so I think that there's a possibility that he's either maining Anna or Zen after those nerfs. And I think that's something that we definitely need to keep our eyes open for. Yeah, I think we all can agree that we're looking forward to the end of this Mercy meta think it's going to make the viewership uh you know or at least the viewing of these games a whole lot more enjoyable uh, and i think uh, across the board players uh you know viewers and teams are looking forward to just not having to always have a mercy there yeah i mean there are some teams you know no names mayhem that you know, aren't even really that comfortable playing mercy i've heard that that you know the the players that got run the support roles they that's not really their shtick. So it makes them, that puts them in kind of a rough situation where you basically have to force play the meta uh, to try and win. Now you can try around it, and some teams did. Um, depending on the map and stuff, it can work out. But it's definitely hard to go against a Mercy who has Valk when you don't have a, that on your team unless you get that first pick on the Mercy. But the next person I got on the list for you guys is actually going to be one of the other supports coming off the Fuel lineup. It's Custa. And for the exact same reasons I, I, I talk about Chips is I want to talk about Custa. He has the ability to play Zen and Moira at a very high level. As the meta changes and we see what it's going to turn out to be, those are two healers that I think have a lot of kill and damage potential uh, as well as healing potential. So I think that Custa might be something we can look out for because um, he could end up playing Zen on the roster if the meta ends up shifting and they're playing Zen Ana. It could be that Cust is playing Zen and Chips is playing Anna. If it's, you know, Zen Moira, you got Chips on the Zen, you got Cust on the Moira. I think that either way, that support breakout is going to be huge in, in, in the points factor and something to keep your eyes on. I definitely think that as of right now, with, uh, you know, the potential changes when it comes to how supports are being scored within the league, it might not be bad to, uh, you know, trade some of the people who are sitting on your bench I mean, for some supports. And yes, I mean, but I, I, I wouldn't want to make dividends. any any roster changes with with possible changes in mind at all right now. Because, one, you I'm don't know the if they're going to get pushed through. You don't know if they're going to hit fa- the fantasy leagues or anything. So, like, if you make a trade and you trade a great DPS player Well, that's not support, what I'm saying doing. Yeah, you, that's absolutely yeah, you not. Might, you might want to clarify what you want here. Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying you need to drop any of your stellar DPS. What I'm saying is, uh, you know, if you have somebody sitting there on your bench who's just mediocre, not really playing a whole lot, it might not be bad to, you know, go for that wild card, trade one support that you know is going to be very good if they're not stuck playing. uh, I mean, I'd trade Bunny for Custa or Chips. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's a roll of the dice. It could pay off. But at the end of the day, I mean, even if they don't change the points, um, I do think that just having that swap uh, and having a lot of people not playing Mercy anymore could help out. But I think you might be able to get a lot of value for your trades that way. Um, My next up is going to be Logics. This week, I saw him play a whole lot better than he has the rest of the season. Uh, He got to play, uh, you know, a little bit more than just his standard Tracer. Um, I saw him do very well on Soldier and Widow. 
Um, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, that team is at this point somewhat stabilizing, and I think they're going to just continue to improve. Of course, uh, you know, with midseason uh, pickups coming, we might be able to get some more players on this team that could also help them play a little bit better. But um, Logix is definitely a, uh, as of right now, kind of like a middle-of-the-pack DPS, but I think that he has the potential to uh, to do a whole lot better. Yeah, he definitely stepped it up this week. And again, like we've talked about before, um, though I, I would I would look at his schedule and, and ask yourself those the hard questions. Yes, he looked good this week, but who did they play? They played one, probably the second best team in the league. Didn't look so good. Then he goes up against the worst team in the league, and he looked real good. So you might want to kind of, you know, grain assault your expectations there with Logix, but I do think that he has the possibility. I also think that if, um, you know, they picked up more people, I don't think that they're going to go pick up another Tracer main because I do think that Logix still is probably one of the best Tracers. Um, so I don't think they're going to pick somebody up who's that's their main hero. So I think that his playtime is probably fairly secure. For sure. My thing is that uh, it seems like maybe some of the stage fright that he might have had is is passing at this point. And I think that's going to help their play a whole bunch. Yeah, him getting over stage right and kind of getting used to the land environment and the land client and, and all of that stuff is definitely important. I know that some of the players have talked about you know what it's like to be on stage. Uh, the guy who has good aim talked about how somebody was in the front of the of the, the crowd or in the front row uh, yelling, cussing at, at him and somebody else who won't be named uh, for good reasons. But those two you know, he said it threw them off that they were hearing that. And so I think those are things that some of these players may be facing for the first time, and it might take them a little bit of time to get used to that. Most certainly. The last one that I had um, would just be uh, Mendo Kusai. I think that uh, he could end up being like, uh, you know, the pine of the Houston Outlaws. He hasn't gotten any play yet, but uh, I definitely think he has the skills, and I think that when they do break him out, he's probably going to do pretty well. Now, I wouldn't play him uh, just without uh, knowing that they're going to put him in. So you might have to keep your eyes peeled through, uh, you know, the Twitter feed, see if uh, anyone on the Outlaws says anything about that, um, or just have to wait until, uh, you know, the week after they finally unleash Mendo on the league. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I'm not I'm not positive what will happen with that situation. Um, it could be one where he's working on specific heroes or specific comps for specific situations. I think that that's definitely possible. Um if they play Junkertown again and they need to, they want to go the the double sniper, the Hanzo Widow, I think that maybe he'd come in for that because uh, I haven't seen too many of the other player, players on that team throwing up with Hanzo before, and I know that he plays a decent Hanzo. I've seen that on his stream a few times, so that might be something we could look forward to. But if he does become the Pine again, that comes to something where you're going to have to pay real close attention to the map pool that they're playing specific weeks. Exactly, and he could also just end up getting, uh, you know, traded to another team because I think there's plenty of teams that would be happy to have a Mendo there on their roster. So, I think one of Mendo's greatest strength is is who he is as a person and in the locker room and, and what he brings to training and his mentality and his focus. Um, so even if he didn't get a ton of playtime, I think that some people think that, oh, these players, they're benched, they're not good or, or whatever, but that may not be it. It may just be a synergy thing. It may be a comp thing. We don't know what's going on. I think that some of the substitutions and stuff with some of the teams, um, 
it may just be for experimental purposes right now. They may still be trying to figure stuff out uh, with Houston. I think, you know, there's a couple players on Houston that we haven't seen at all. Uh, there's one player that we've seen a few times and, and people weren't too happy about it. But I think that those people are still bringing a lot to the table. I heard someone else talking about this before, but, you know, something a team like the Mayhem doesn't have is just cool, Matt. You know, say he messes something up or he's, he's struggling to get past this hurdle or, or the skill uh, plateau or something like that. You know, he's got Spree who plays a very similar hero pool. And they can, Spree might be able to say, hey, look, man, you just got to do it like this. Or maybe you could try doing this way or flank from here or, or take this angle, you know, because they have that in common. And so I think one of the best things that Mendo has, even without knowing where he's at play wise and it, and stuff like that, is that Mendo has been playing um, at a very high level for a long time. He went to, to um, Korea. He played against the Koreans there. And I think that he brings a lot of experience and knowledge to the table. And I think that that's going to come out even through his play, but also other people's play. And I, I don't know if Houston would want to trade him. I don't think I would. Because I think that Mendo is somebody that you want to keep on your team, uh, both for his skill and his playing, but also for uh, his ability to help your team get to the next level. Exactly. Now, uh, as far as players that you drop, who do you have? Um there's quite a few players that I would drop right now. I'd probably drop both of the supports if you had them from uh, Shanghai. Not because they're not good. I actually have been really impressed with altering. And Freefield has done okay at different times. But just because they're struggling so much as a team that those the healers are dying extremely quick. And that's unfortunate. But it's just the way it is right now. Exactly. I feel the same way. A lot of supports that you could uh, end up dropping. If you have anybody from uh, any of the sports from the Florida Mayhem, I'd say it'd probably be a good thing to get rid of those. I know I did in uh, in our league. So, yeah, I mean, the, there you could say like once the meta changes, maybe they get a little bit better. But I mean, those definitely aren't players that I'd be excited to have right now. Um, who's the who would you like to drop? Or yeah, drop. I guess. Yeah, specifically, I mean, like I said, uh, the people I already did were going to be uh, Zebesai and Zippa. Um And mostly because of, uh, you know, just where the meta is right now. I don't think that um, at this point, uh, you know, even having um, them being able to switch off onto uh, a Zen or Lucio and Anna is really going to do that much for those two. Um, I think maybe once that team solidifies a little bit more um, and they kind of find their, their full stride, and start being able to really put up fights with a lot of the other teams, um, then maybe their their supports won't spend all that time dead. But really, right now they die so much that uh, a lot of times you know you're getting a very small return on your investment. Absolutely. Um, so the next person I think that I would be willing to drop, I, I would I have him and I tried to trade him, and then I ended up taking somebody off the unsigned players uh, is mistakes. Again, mistakes look great throughout contenders. I know that he's a talented player. But he's right now he's behind Striker, who's looked consistently good um, and seems to have a ton of synergy with the roster that Boston has been playing. Now, uh, next one that I would drop uh, would just be, uh, you know, hydration. I think that as of right now, he's uh, not getting quite as much play as maybe he should. He's still a solid DPS and he has the potential to play some more, uh, you know, maybe later down the line. But uh, as of right now, I think you might be able to get yourself a, a pretty good trade um, by, uh, you know, throwing Hydration's name out there. 
Uh, the next person for me would be Dak. Um, a lot of people really respect him. He's an amazing player. I'll never take that away from him. But in this particular fantasy format, his play style, who he is, it just doesn't um, give you a ton of points. And so uh, he's because I mean, so he has nine kills on 126 deaths. San Francisco's look good. He's played great. It's just he's playing Lucio. That's kind of the kind of the role, unfortunately. Exactly. And, uh, you know, just running with uh, the whole part of, you know, supports just not doing a whole lot for you right now. Um, if possible, you can probably find some, uh, you know, higher scoring uh, supports, um, you know, just in your unsigned players. But I would get rid of Nuss from, uh, you know, the Spitfire. He had a real rough week as far as fantasy uh, points go. Um, but who knows? Those things might change with the uh, with the patch drop. All right, so the next one, I'm going to actually switch it up, and I'm going to go with um, some tanks because I think that you're seeing a lot of swapping between tanks, and you're not being able to really tell which one's going to be the starter right now. Um, you got Mano and uh, and Janus switching out a lot this week, which kind of concerns me. Now, if you have a, another main tank on your roster, I would stick with them. Um depending on who it is, I suppose, if you have maybe somebody like iRemix or Bishu or something. And that's just because it's going to be because of playing time. I don't necessarily think that they're better or that they're going to get more points per minute or anything like that. But it's just the sheer fact that you don't know which one of those people are going to start yet on which maps. For sure. I mean, uh, you definitely want to try to keep all those things in mind and who's going to be playing where, which kind of leads into to my next pick, which is going to be Siegel. I think that uh, what you're going to see with the Dallas Fuel is them spending a lot more time with their core roster, not doing as much experimentation. Um, and uh, while I do still think that Siegel is going to get some play, I don't think it's going to be like it was in the first two weeks. You know, I actually have a different theory on that just because of the recent roster developments um, with some of the players on their team. It may not matter for the whole season, but at least for the first stage. So for the next three weeks, I don't know who else they would sub in really. Um, they could go with just a straight original six, the, the NV six, if you will, but I'm not sure that that lends itself too much to the meta. And I think that it all depends on what, what they're going to do, but Siegel could go good, could go bad. I think he's just kind of in the middle. He's just a risk you're going to have to take if you want to, or you can drop. Um, but the next person for me. Um, that I think is probably about time to kind of let go of uh, is going to be MG um, from Shanghai. Unfortunately, I've got him in one league and I can't seem to get another tank, unfortunately. Um, nothing personal against the guy. It's just they're struggling. When you're playing uh, the roles that he's playing, he was getting quite a few deaths um, and, a, and a decent amount of first deaths as well. So he's had a decent point score every week he hasn't been in the negative but if you have another option or you can find another option in your league i would definitely go with it yeah definitely i mean uh it's uh it's tough to say but uh i mean the last one that i got is just going to be iddqd um he just hasn't gotten as much play as uh you know maybe some people thought he would on that roster now uh with that being said 
Um, I think you might even be able to, you know, use his name to get kind of a value trade, um, get him off your roster and maybe pick up somebody who's uh, playing a little bit more regularly and then be able to put some more points there on your team. Yeah, IDD is an interesting case. Uh, the dude has skill. We've all seen him play. Um but, you know, San Francisco right now has a couple other people that they have playing in that hit scan role, and they have some other really good DPS. So I think that he's kind of in a rough spot. But like I said with Mendo is we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, um, and we don't know the intent of some of these rosters. I mean, it's possible that when they kept IDD from NRG, it was with the expectation that he may not be a starter, but he's going to play a specific role or – He's going to be kind of player coaching. You know, I think that he has some insight and understanding of the game at a very high level that might help some other players. Um, And I think that he brings a lot to the team because of that. So whether or not he gets a lot of playing time or not, I think he definitely has a lot of value. And you, like you said, you may be able to get some name value in a trade. Be like, hey, it's just IDD. He's going to come in and he's going to do work when he finally comes in. Somebody might, might be willing to take him. I mean, and, and let's be honest, in some of your leagues, people aren't always paying attention. So they might not even know that he hasn't been playing. They're just like, oh, you're offering me IDD, QD, heck yeah, I need that. And like, oh, exactly. wait, he doesn't have any points yet. And all those people who aren't paying attention, you can just tell them that uh, once the Mercy meta ends, it's going to be a McCree meta. And then they'll definitely think they're going to get a good player. I mean, I actually think we'll fall off with McCree when Mercy's gone. I think one of the main reasons we see more McCree right now is because Deadeye is a guaranteed way to kill Mercy. Um, and when oh. she valks, if she goes up in the air, you can dead eye and try to get her. So I honestly think we may see less McCree once Mercy's oh, gone. Oh, I don't think we're going to see any more McCree. I'm just saying you should tell that person who doesn't pay attention to things. That oh, yeah, that's definitely game. possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that should wrap up everything as far as our pickups and our drops. So that'll go ahead and lead us right on into, uh, you know, our week in fantasy. So um, you and I matched up this week. How'd that go? Victorious um, on my end, not so much on your end. Uh, you, it's kind of a little bit of a, a rough matchup for us. And uh, if we're being honest with ourselves, or not really for us, it's a rough matchup for you. Um, I've got a, a decent team in this particular league, and I I actually did really well this week. Um, I didn't score the highest points in the league, but I was definitely close. I was the third highest points in the league, uh, coming in with 825 versus your 686. Um, but I've got Bird Ring, Sabiolby, Shadowburn, the guy who has good aim, who I had to play because I didn't have anybody else, Boombox, and Mano. Uh, and like I said, Mano got subbed out, but he still scored me 64 points. Boombox coming in with 34. Not bad for the supports this week. Um, and it's, you know, carried by uh, Bird Ring and Sabiolby and Shadowburn, really. Uh, Bird Ring and, and Shadowburn, 250 plus points each. So definitely helps out a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, up through day three, we were close. But uh, no, Bird Ring, uh, he got to play all day yesterday. And he definitely racked up a ton of points. So I kind of saw it coming. Like I told you, I was I was a hoping lot, that... Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of your players had were done after the first two days or first three days. So Exactly. Actually, I don't think so. The only person that you had that played yesterday was Fate, I think. Yep. And so I was placing a whole lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, a whole Fate lot of hope in him. <laughs> Now, uh, what I will say is, I mean, um, with this one, um, 
you know, we didn't get to spend as much time trying to make sure that we get the players that we, uh, we were really looking for. So, um, you know, the experts league that we're in, this is one that I'm definitely a whole lot more engaged in because I got to, you know, take the time and uh, make sure I was picking up the players that I wanted. So how'd your matchup go in the, uh, in the experts league? I also won that. Um, I beat uh, Mel from, I believe the Calvary and Oh man, she can murder me later, but I can't remember her other show. I know she's on one more, um, or at least one more. And I know that she did Overwatch League Network with uh, Slambo and um, Totally Drunk. So uh, this week, so if you want to check their podcast out there, they're definitely great. Um, I she has a team that we'll see how it ends up doing, um, but I think I, I have probably one of the best rosters in that league. And so the week did go pretty well for me. Um, I was actually the, I believe, third highest score. Let me check here. So I came in with 827. Yeah, I was the third highest points. Uh, A. Smith from the Foul podcast, which is the one done by the High Noon Boys, um, who you actually lost to one of them. A. Smith had 909 points, and Death Blow had the highest score in the league with uh, 1,053, which is really unfortunate. Because that's who you were playing. <laughs> Most certainly. I mean, I had I had a, a good week, but uh, you know, I just couldn't compete with a uh, a point total like that um, over there. I mean, I definitely got lucky. I had uh, you know Carpe. He was one of the actually, I think my first pickup in that uh, draft, and uh, he's the second highest point scorer of the league this week. Um, so he helped out a whole bunch. Um, one area that I'm definitely struggling in is uh, that at this point I do have. Uh, two tanks, one of them being Miro, and uh, Miro's just not getting as much play when it comes to uh, the dynasty. So I will be looking to make some uh, some trades, maybe pick up another DPS player. But um, you know, it was uh, it was a close match. Like I said, uh, doing the draft this way um, had me a little bit uh, you know more engaged and, and excited for the for the matchups. Yeah, this draft version. I mean. Doing it live is just so much better. You get a real value and seeing where people value. I mean, I may not have agreed with all of the picks, but I think that there were definitely a, a, done, a, a bunch of picks that made a lot of sense. And I think that um, it allows you to kind of construct your roster in a little bit better and more fair way than than the ranking way. I also understand that that makes it a little bit easier, though, to, to do it yeah. that way. Exactly. But, uh, I mean, next week uh, I'm actually going to be going up against, uh, up against Mel. And as her uh, her team name so eloquently says, you got beat by a girl. It looks like I might be getting beat well, next week. We'll see. I think I think you stand a good chance at, against her. We'll see who she puts into her starting roster. I mean, what really hurt you in your matchup was uh, Mecco, who may be one of the best tanks because he's one of the few off tanks that's actually designated as a tank. Um, he's not designated as a, fl- a flex player. So he was playing a lot of Roadhog and a lot of... Um, a lot of diva and getting a lot of those kills like some of the other off tanks like poco and stuff were but he does that with the tank designation which means you can put him in your roster as your tank and the only tank you have to play so i think that's definitely a benefit um and death blow really came up on that pick yeah no he he had a great week a lot of uh, a lot of good players in his lineup i i think uh you know he might be one of the people to beat in this league yeah and like you're playing mel next week and i will be playing uh her husband actually blazing bob uh, from Watchpoint Radio and the Calvary. So I'm really excited about that as well. He's a buddy. So uh, it should be a good lineup. He's got a pretty good team as well. Um, I've got Fury, Poco, or actually, why don't we, um, 
Let me let me just pull up the draft here real quick. So my first pick of the draft, I had the second pick of the draft, and Abner had, I believe, the seventh. It's an eight-man league. Um, and and the, I picked Fleta with my first pick, uh, Jake with my second, Poco with my third, Gesture with my fourth, Unko with the fifth, Fury with my sixth, Pine with my seventh, Gamsu in eighth, Custa uh, at ninth, and Hureg with my final pick at ten. Um, and then why, uh, you want, do you have yours pulled up or would you like me to just read off what you got? Nope. I got mine. So, uh, actually my first pickup was, uh, Sabiobi. Then I went for Carpe, Miro, Striker, Sleepy, I Remix, Kareev, picked up Sinatra late in hopes that he's going to do some stuff for us later in the season. I grabbed Mendo and then I also picked up Space there at the end. So some of those later picks that I had, they're, uh, you know, and hopes for either some better play um, or just play uh, at I mean, the end I of the season. I tried to trade Sinatra in space, exactly. man. That's trade exactly. fodder there. Exactly. And that was the second thing I was going to say. Those are going to be the guys I got to trade, see if I might be able to, uh, you know, pick something and better up. Yeah, I'd be trying to trade Sinatra now. Maybe even space too, but Sinatra still has a lot more name value. Both of them will probably get a decent amount of playing time, hopefully, once they come back, but or once they get old enough, not come back. But uh, So it could be interesting. I would definitely try to trade them, though, because I think that especially Sinatra has a big name, and you might be able to get someone good for him, somebody who's getting playing time now. Might be something to think about. Um but other than that, that's pretty much kind of goes through my week in fantasy, a little bit about the expert draft. We actually tweeted out the the full draft and the order and everything. You can check out our Twitter, Fantasy Watch, O-Dub, um, and go through our pictures. You'll see, you can see what everybody picked. Like I said, there's a bunch of other people in this league. It's uh, Mel from the shows we talked about, myself, Death Blow from High Noon Podcast, A. Smith from uh, High Noon, uh, Blaze and Bob, The Blevins, Abnerd, of course, and Slambo, who's from Overwatch League Network, as well as a few other shows. So it's definitely a pretty cool uh, group, and I think it's going to be a really competitive league. All right. Well, uh, with that, we'll move on over to uh, next week's games. So uh, first one is going to be San Francisco Shock versus the London Spitfire. Now, uh, with that, we want to take a quick look over at the uh, the San Francisco Shock. And, uh, you know, what I'd be looking at when it comes to them is going to be Baby Bay. Um, I mean, I think he's likely to probably get shut down by London, um, but I still think he's going to be able to put up some decent points there. Um, later in the week, though, they play against the, uh, the Fuel, um, and I definitely think that if, uh, you know, the Fuel continues to play, you know, as lackluster as they have been, uh, I think Baby Bay might be able to rack up a ton of points through that game. Um, he finished third in the league in week two for points. Uh, that was at, uh, you know, excuse me, fourth in, in the league for points. He had 489. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely he's doing a whole bunch. Um, he got uh, second when it came to first kills, which we know that's super important in this league. So uh, I think Baby Bay is the one to play. Yeah, absolutely. From the shock, you definitely want to play both DPS, really. Uh, Dante as well. They're both in like the top 15, I believe, if not the top 10 for DPS right now. They're getting all the playing time for the most part. Um, and they're really aggressive players. Even in the games that they that, that have been rough for them, their DPS has still done really well. So I think those are definitely some people you want to keep, out, keep your eyes out for sure. Exactly. Um, that, well, uh, that takes us into the next game, which is going to be the Shanghai Dragons versus the Seoul Dynasty. Um, you know, it's going to be a tough game. 
Um, I'd like to hopefully see a little bit more progress and stuff from from the Dragons. I want to just see them go out and play their best and play their hearts out, and we'll see what happens. If you've got the di- or the Dragons players on your team, and you you have to start them, you gotta do what you gotta do. But really, if if you got Dia or Undead, I think they're still safe picks for your DPS three, DPS four spots. Um, if you gotta play them. Obviously, they did really well to an extent against the games they had. One was against Florida. Um, but, you know, they were starting to pick it up. And, and once they kind of said, screw the meta, we're going to do what we're going to do, and Undead started popping off on McCree, you know, they kind of played better. They looked better. Maybe it's just they need to have fun. Maybe they just have to say, screw the meta. We're just going to go play whatever game we want to play. We're going to play our style. And we'll see what happens. And if we lose, but we play our style, at least we had fun. And I'd rather see that from them than them lose and not have fun or whatever. So, you know, but you got Dia, you got Undead. I'd start them. If you have anybody else, I'd definitely try to trade them or drop them, try to find another solution. But the DPS for the Dragons is at least going to be a solid DPS 3, probably a DPS 4, though. Exactly. And, um, you know, we even talked about it in some of the earlier episodes, but uh, in every esport I've ever watched, the Chinese teams, they always do their own thing. I think that they came in here trying to play, um, you know, everybody else's game. I do agree that, uh, you know, once they just start doing their own thing, they'll probably be able to do a little bit better. But uh, that'll bring us into the next game, which is going to be the battle for LA. We got the Gladiators versus the Valiant. Now, when it comes to the Valiant, I'm going with Envy. I think that they're favored in this matchup. Um, I think he's going to be able to get real aggressive against the Gladiators. Um, and then the second game of the week, they're going against the Mayhem. So, I mean, he's going to be able to, you know, definitely rack up a lot of kills over there yeah, against dude. the Mayhem. I think he's going to have a really, really good week. Um, and uh, he was actually the only tank in the top 10 for kills. He had 202 kills last week. Um, so, no, he's he's going to be able to get you a whole lot of points. Yeah, I got to eat some crow. Um, just to be honest, I didn't expect... Uh, him to be that good and he's doing great so i'm really excited about that um i think i was just nervous after seeing what happened in contenders but clearly they've they've worked past that and they've they found new strides maybe it's just the new additions that they have maybe it's the fact that soon's backlining people and helping them out and they're just playing off each other um but it's exciting to see and i definitely think that's a that's a solid player so the next one that we got uh, that kind of finishes out day one we're gonna go ahead into day two and the uh, first matchup in day two is going to be the Boston Uprising versus the London Spitfire. Like I said earlier, everybody talked about Boston at the beginning of the season, like they were going to be at the bottom. We obviously know that is now not true. They're kind of at the middle, maybe the bottom part of the mill, possibly. We'll see as things play out. I definitely think London uh, is definitely going to come out on top here. And you got to start the DPS from London. You just have to. They're too good. Um, Bergering, third highest point total after the first uh, two weeks. Profit is coming in at sixth. So we're talking about their two main DPS players are the top six or in the top six in the entire league as far as fantasy points go. If you have them, you got to start them. They're going to get you kills. They're going to get you points. And they're going to do it well um, on a team that has the possibility to go through a ton of maps. Obviously, they had five maps uh, this week. Um, in one of their games, going against Shock, I don't expect it to be a five mapper, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Shock was able to take a map. Um, and then their second matchup uh, for the Spitfire is going to be Boston. So, you know, or sorry, my apologies. The the other matchup like uh, is San Francisco, like we said earlier. So either way, I think that 
this Spitfire has two games that they're going to probably come out on top on, and it gives them an opportunity to score a lot of points. Most definitely. No, I mean, um, I think it's going to be a pretty good week for any of the players on London. Now, the next game is going to be the uh, Philadelphia Fusion versus the New York Excelsior. Um, And this one, uh, it's my second week in a row. I'm going with Carpe. Um, You know, I think they're going to put up a great fight against the NYXL. I don't think they're going to win. I think maybe they'll get one map. Um, But, uh, you know, their second game of the week is going to be against the Dragons. Um, And uh, I think uh, Carpe is just going to light that team up. Um, He's nuts, man. Second, I mean... Second highest total points in the league right now, and he goes off. That uh, when he uh, when they played um, Houston, and Jake was playing Farah, he kills Jake. They res him, he kills him again. It's beautiful. I mean, he's just his aim is insane on land. Carpe is one of the best. Um, him and his duo uh, Shadowburn, yep. they're they're insane. Exactly. No, I mean. Um... I, th- I think that uh, he has a real chance to, to lead the league in fantasy points, uh, you know, with this week coming up. Um, he was only beat by one person, um, and I think we can all agree, um, you know, he's on his way to being the league MVP. Uh, Fleto was the only person who had more points than him. But, and uh, not and, close. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't close. Uh, I think it was 81-point uh, difference between those two. So, no, Fled is still playing on another level. Um, but, uh, you know, Carpe is, is coming in strong. Um, and what I'd say, just looking through everything, um, I think if he can maybe play a little bit safer or if his team um, ends up having a little bit more coordination between, you know, their tank duo, their DPS duo, and their support duo, um, I think they're really going to be a force to be reckoned with. And once Carpe, um, you know, drops how frequently he dies, um, and that'll come from that uh, coordination, I think he's going to, you know, start doing a whole, like, even better than where he is right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely possible. Um, that takes us into the next game, though, which is going to be the Houston Outlaws uh, versus the Florida Mayhem. I'm going with Houston on this one. I think they're going to come out on top, but we also got a Houston player for you. Now, I could talk about their DPS. Linkser and Jake are nuts, both of them in the top 12 uh, for fantasy points right now. They're doing really good. I'm not taking anything away from them, but I do think that there are some other players on the roster that you want to keep your eyes on. Cool Matt is one of the best tanks in the league right now. And a lot like Mecco, like I said, having the tank designation is huge. Because if you have Cool Matt or you can trade for Cool Matt, he's the only tank you need to play. He's playing D.Va. He's playing Zarya. He's getting you a decent amount of uh, points every week. So he's definitely who you want to start. Um, I would also say same thing for Muma. Muma's only coming in uh, with like a, let me check it here. It is a 11 point difference from Cool Matt. Both of them a total of over 200 points for the first, or over after two weeks. Um, so they're people you should keep your eye on because they've got that tank des- uh, designation. They're the only one you have to play. And they're definitely people you should keep your eyes on. Exactly. No, I mean, I think it's going to be a good matchup there. And I definitely think that, uh, you know, those are going to be some tanks to watch as far as, you know, your fantasy roster is concerned. Um, now, the next game is going to be the uh, actually it's that was the last game of the night, but uh, this will be the first game of Friday. Uh, it's Soul Dynasty versus NYXO. Um, this is huge, so, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think this is probably going to be, um, you know, the uh, the best game of the stage. Um, with that, I mean, I looked for any reason to pick anybody other than Fleta because you guys already know he's going to be the person to grab. Um, with that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe uh, you might be able to get some play out of Wicked. Um, their first game of the week is against the uh, the Dragons. Um, so I think he might be able to play a couple of maps there. 
dunk on those guys. Um, but I mean, when you look, uh, his points, uh, excuse me, points per 10 minute, um, he's fourth in the league right now. And that's, uh, you know, even with like his low play time, he's at 26.99. Um, and just his play style is a little bit safer than, uh, you know, maybe like Fleta's. If you look at their KD, um, he's at 2.07 compared to Fleta's 1.84. Of course, you know, Fleta's getting a lot more play time. He's putting himself out a whole lot more than someone who's going to spend Yeah, he's pretty, and he was playing a lot of junk, so he's, he's a little bit exactly. safer in the back line. Exactly. But I think but that that I just that shows why he could play. be valuable. Exactly. If he does get to play, you know, he's going to rack up kills, uh, but he's not really going to get uh, taken out as often. You know, and I think... Uh, but I think this matchup's going to be rough too. Like these are the teams that are probably one and two in the league right now, um, and I think New York's probably a little bit better. So Soul might have to try to pull some rabbits out of some hats, and we'll see what they do. But I think Wakid's a good option because Junkrat throws people for a loop sometimes. Uh, he brings chaos, if you will. I think it's really just a uh, you know, do you want to get cute with your roster this week? Uh, I think if you have uh, you know Wakid and Fleta, just play Fleta. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would always start Flood. If you have Flood on your roster, you got to start him. Uh, but that takes us to the next game, which is going to be the Shanghai Dragons versus the Philadelphia Fusion. Um, wait, uh, we got a... Hmm. Well, we already went over a Fusion player and a Dragon player. Um, so we are good on those. But the game after that that we got is Dallas Fuel versus the San Francisco Shock. Um, for the, the Fuel... I think that the players that you want to keep your eyes open right now for are Effect um, and the guy who has good aim. But I'm not even sure after they sat him for you know three maps in one of the series, I'd, I'm not sure if I would want to start the guy who's got good aim. So if you have DPS players on the fuel, uh, if you got Effect, you got to start him. He's definitely one of the best players in the league. There's no doubt about it. Even while they're struggling, um, he's still doing well. Um, I think that once they get a little bit more synergy together, he's going to continue to shine. I agree. Um, and uh, with that, I mean, I'm also looking at Mickey. Um, I think that, uh, you know, with them playing San Francisco, um, I think Kai Kai's smart enough to make sure that they're going to shut down Baby Bay. So I think you're going to have a lot of time with, uh, you know, Mickey diving on uh, his widow probably rack up a lot of kills with that we'll see maybe I've seen baby bay i've seen baby baby real slippery on that but um you know my concern is if, if he's being and i absolutely agree mickey could totally sh- uh, be used to shut people down and sh- shut down hit scan especially on the diva role what you worry about though is that means he might get killed and demect a little bit more um because he has is putting himself out there, maybe pushing on the DPS or knocking people off perches and, and stuff like that. So it is something to consider, but I do think you're right. I think Mickey might be a good play. He always does have the potential, uh, as a lot of these other D.Va players, to get quite a few kills. Uh, exactly. Which takes us into the, the next map, which is going to be um, the Dallas Fuel versus the Boston Uprising. Uh, for the Uprising, I think that you got to play Striker. He's coming in with only nine points less than effect on the season right now. Um, and he's just consistently looked good. Like I said, with, with mistakes, it's not that mistakes is bad, and that's why you want to drop him. But I, I'm just looking at Stryker and, and being totally honestly surprised uh, how dominant and how good he's been, even against some really top-tier competition. And, and same for Dreamcasters. They have the same amount of points, actually. I just realized that. So, I mean, both of those DPS are great. Uh, I've just been the most impressed with uh, Striker just because I wasn't as familiar with them before. Exactly. 
Well, uh, no, I mean, I think that uh, everyone's been a little impressed with, uh, you know, how that team has come out and their DPS, what they're able to do. So, um, no, great pick there. Uh, next up would be uh, Los Angeles Valiant versus the Florida Mayhem. Uh, with this, we're going to look at, uh, you know, a Florida player. Um, we already kind of talked about a little bit. I do think that Logix is coming together a little bit more. Um, his play improved. Like you said, you got to keep in mind who they're playing against. Valiant is going to be a, uh, you know, a team that's probably going to, um, you know, just poop on this team. But, uh, what I would say is through his play last week, um, he was picked off less often, like early in fights. I didn't see him get caught out quite as much. Um, but I think what he's really got to look out for is just how predictable his movements are when he's playing tracer. Um, this week he's going up against two of some of the best Zenyatas in the league. We got Rakus and Unko. If he just keeps picking uh, predictable paths, I think that, uh, you know, logic might just get shut down. Yeah, it's definitely possible. And as as the league goes on, people have more tape on what your team's doing, right? They, they start, like, seeing the routes you take, where you like to go, how you guys make plays, what you do when you get attacked in certain ways. like, And so that's going to kind of start giving up some of those advantages. So it's definitely possible. Um, that takes us to the final game. We got Gladiators versus the Houston Outlaws. Uh, I'm going to take Outlaws to win this game because I up the ante all day. But the Gladiators actually surprised me and looked pretty fairly solid this week against um, some really tough teams. Um, But I think that the players that you want to watch out for are going to be their tanks. Um, Like I said with with Coolmat, if you have Surefour and Asher, you know you're going to start them. They're not in the top 10. They're probably closer to about the 25 uh, range as far as the DPS uh, goes. But their tanks are not that far behind them. Um, and I think that they have some really, especially Bishu has done really well on Diva. He has the tank designation, um, which means if you started him, he's going to be one of the best actual tanks in the league. Um, I can actually, let me see here. If I knew how to count, this would be so much easier. No, I mean, I, I definitely like Bishu's play. Um, not a player that, uh, you know, I really gave a second look to before the season started but uh he's been doing a lot of a lot of good things yeah i mean he, he so he's got 201 the only people that are beating him right now are gesture fate and and cool matt uh oh mecco mecco sorry my apologies so those are so he's like the fifth sixth, whatever that is which that says a lot um and so i think that if you have him or if you can maybe find a way to trade for him this week i think that might be be worth it especially as he continues to play these off tank roles and the gladiators don't have other tank options now they can play a three dps set but i think that most of the time you're still going to see bishu included exactly and i mean if you look at winston's lab um and you just check like their overall rating based on everything that they take into consideration he's uh he's on the up i mean he's improving he's getting better his team's doing better um so i definitely think that bishu is going to be a good pick Yep, and so we had the, the team we forgot earlier um, when we kind of mislabeled uh, is going to be the New York Excelsior. We did not talk about any players from them. Um, and like I said, I think they may be the best team in the league. If you have somebody who starts on the XL, you probably want to start them. Uh, you got to start Jonak. 
yeah, you gotta start uh, Libero, even though Libero is switching with Pine, until we see Pine get more playing time, because he takes some from Saviolbi as well sometimes. But until we see that and how that situation goes out, I would be starting most of the New York Excelsior starters, uh, Pine or uh, Libero, Saviolbi, Mecco, all some of the best players. Um, and Mano's done really well for a tank as well. So if you've got him, you got to start him. And that kind of yep. rounds out, though, what we have for you guys as far as the weekly preview. Um, if you guys have any questions about stuff, feel free to hit us up. Send us questions on Twitter. Send them into our Discord. We've got an email address you can email us at, fantasywatchodub at gmail.com. We check it all the time. We want to help you guys out. If you have questions about specific players, whether you should sit, start them. If you want to send me your lineup and ask me what you what I think you should start, I'll tell you. So hit it, hit us up. We want to be your guys' resources. Um, should definitely come hang out in the uh, the Discord. I mean, we got a lot of people in here now. A lot of good discussion around the league and fantasy as well. So um, definitely come. Come check us out in the Discord. Yeah, and there is a permalink on our Twitter account. We don't have like a fancy Discord address yet. It's really long and crazy, but I'll post it in the show notes. But we also have one on our Twitter, which is Fancy Watch Dub on Twitter. And you can there's a permalink on there to join the Discord. Uh, another thing I want to talk about real quick is we've talked a lot today about scheduling and who teams are playing and how that matters for fantasy. Um, I'm working on a spreadsheet that I'm going to start publishing uh, weekly on Twitter and on a, a website blog site that we're setting up uh, that's going to show strength of schedule for different teams. That way you kind of say, all right, well, I've got this player and this player. These are the, these are the teams they're playing. They got a plus matchup on these days. They got a bad matchup on these days. So should I play them? You know, stuff like that. I want to help you guys out. So we're going to try to create some of that content for you. Um, Abner, though, where can the people find you? I'm going to be Abner O W on Twitter and everything else we already said. You can always hit me up in the Discord. I'd be more than happy to talk to you guys about fantasy, about the league. Um, I can give you some advice on uh, you know who may be the best person for you to start, who we might need to trade. We're always here to help you guys out. What about you, Invictus? You can find me at Invictus O-Dub on Twitter and on Twitch. I am also Invictus O-Dub, although the chance of me streaming is like one in a million. Um, you can follow the show account at Fantasy Watch O-Dub. Uh, hopefully, by the end of stage one, we're going to start doing this as a vodcast. I'm still kind of working on the logistics and getting art done for that. If you are an artist out there and you want to help us out, uh, shoot us a message. Drop us a line. We'd love to talk to you and hear, uh, hear from you. Um, if you have any ideas about other content or segments you'd like to see us do, um, things like that, shoot us emails. We want we want to make this show about the community and helping provide you guys with the answers that you need to win your leagues. Um, but was there anything else you want to say today, Abner? No, I think we covered a whole lot of great information, and I think we're all looking forward to the week of Overwatch ahead. We have some good fantasy matchups for us as well. So I think, uh, you know, we're going to have a good week before we get to talk to you guys again. Thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, definitely win your leagues, guys. All right. Well, I got one last thing I am going to say, though. And it's in light of all the stuff that's happened so far this week with uh, players on the Dallas Fuel who won't be mentioned. But be excellent to each other, dudes. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dude. No worries tonight.